Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works, the first one of 2021. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, this is Tom Adams here to recap the enthralling, scintillating 5-2 win over Mainz at the Allianz Arena to start off the new year. Of course, to go through uh, chronologically the scoring in this one in the first half, Jonathan Burkhart opened the scoring in the 32nd minute with his finely taken left-footed finish. Perhaps a little bit controversial to not have been called for an infringement on Jerome Boateng, but nonetheless, it opened the scoring. And then just over 10 minutes later, Alexander Hock with a beautiful header off of a Mainz free kick a few yards out from the edge of the 18-yard box made it 2-0 in what was a very, very frustrating first half for Bayern Munich. And they had work to do in the second half, and that's exactly what they did. And the result sees Bayern Munich stay at the top of the Bundesliga table two points they have 33 RB Leipzig has 31 they came off of a win over Armenia Bielefeld this weekend but the three points was massive massively important for Bayern Munich they stay top of the table to start off the new year with a big big clash against Borussia Mönchengladbach coming next Friday so just to get into this one I mean as I've done for the immediate post-mass reactions before for our 1-1 draw against Union Berlin I haven't watch back any highlights yet i haven't looked at any heat maps xg uh just the very basic statistics for this one after doing the live tweets for bavarian football works and you know i hate to use one of the oldest cliches in football but it really was uh, a tale of two halves i think that Mainz, you have to give credit to them i mean they're a team that both on and off the pitch is they're going through a lot of turmoil right now and the results haven't been going their way this season but i thought they set up really well and you know, I thought Derek Ray hit the nail on the head for ESPN Plus on the World Feed when midway through the first half he said, you know, we have to give them credit because they haven't been passive and they've created their own chances. I thought the way that they set up with virtually only three attacking players on the pitch in Quaison, Boetius, and uh, Burkhart was, was very clever in the sense that the onus was always on Bayern to come and break them down and when Mainz would receive possession and spring those counterattacks very, very quickly, there was often so much space left in behind for those three attacking players to utilize. And that's exactly how uh, their first goal came through uh, through Burkhardt. And yes, perhaps he gave Boateng a little bit of a nudge in the back, but you know I think Boateng has to be a little bit stronger there and has to be a little bit more determined and perhaps you know take a different path to make sure he gets to the ball first without having to, uh, to deal with Burkhardt or feel the contact in the back and, and go down a bit softly. But just kind of taking a few steps back and looking at this from a tactical tactical perspective, it's just I, I sent out a tweet just before halftime thinking about this. It's like when when Bayern face deep blocks like this and opponents like this, which we know is about 60% of the time uh, with opponents they have in the Bundesliga, I just think one of the things has to be they have to keep moving the ball quickly. I mean, so many times it seemed like they were taking three or four touches to make one pass that should be one or two touches and you know, every time you do that, you give you give the opponent, and in this case, Mainz, just those those fractions of a second to reset instead of keeping on their toes and having to shift and make their tactical adjustments based off what our players are doing. And with the back four of Pavar, Boateng, Alaba, and Davies, I think so much of this, when Bayern were really forcing the issue, it wound up being almost like a two a two. Uh, two six whatever formation because it was just Boateng and Alaba right right around the midway line with Pavard and Davies pushed forward. I thought the understanding between Kimmich and Tolisso in midfield wasn't quite there. It's not exactly the same as when it's Kimmich uh, and uh, Goretzka, but I just thought there was 
almost no midfield for Bayern. They would press so many numbers forward to try and make things happen and create situations deep in Mainz's half. And, you know, some of our attacking players, you know, Sané, Muller, Gnabry, Lewandowski, especially would just get frustrated when they couldn't get on the ball. Yes, we did have a few chances in the first half. Tolisso had two chances where he should have done much, much better, in my opinion. So it very easily could have been 2-2 going into halftime. But, you know, I just thought there was often times where Kimmich had to come so far back to receive possession while Tolisso was committed forward. And, you know, when Tolisso was committed forward and Mines would win possession, there was just always that open space. And it would just take one quick out ball for Mines to completely surpass Bayern Munich's midfield and create a dangerous situation and I think we can all agree that Manuel Neuer was in typical Manuel Neuer form but you know from a defensive perspective you would prefer to have him not have to have made so many fantastic saves I mean some of the routine saves for Manuel Neuer might be considered fantastic saves for other keepers because we're just so used to seeing this from him but thankfully he was able to make a handful of big saves as I said and you know only keep it 2-0 which sounds a little bit ridiculous to say for uh, as a Bayern Munich fan against Mainz but nonetheless the second half was an entirely different story and I think it's blatantly obvious that bringing on both Nicolas Sula for John Boateng uh, and then Leon Goretzka for Benjamin Pavard was just the absolute right decision to make from from Hansi Flick and it completely changed everything that pushed of course Kimmich back to the right back spot and he was the one who wound up uh, you know, creating a lot of chances, and he actually started the sequence for his goal where he uh, headed home in the 50th minute, and I just thought everything was positive from then on out. You know, with with the pace and the understanding between Kimmich and, and Zula, with Zula playing on the middle right uh, just to the uh, the inside of Kimmich, I think that's just so much more, not, no discredit to either Boateng or Pavar, but there's just so much more pace there, so that gives Bayern just a little bit more coverage. And then with Goretzka coming into the midfield, he provided all that cover for Tolisso. So there was just so much coverage uh, and pace that had come onto the pitch with just those two changes. I think as Bayern fans, we know I don't need to explain to everyone listening to this podcast that Nicolas Sula provides a lot more pace uh, than Jerome Boateng does. And with Kimmich to his right, yes, we know that he's one of the best midfielders in the world and that's his favorite position. But I thought he did phenomenally well when he moved to that right back spot and just everything seemed to change. And, you know, in the end, it wound up being too much for, for Mainz to cover, you know, that they couldn't really adapt to those changes that were made. They had a that lots of chance that Neuer saved and hit the post right in the beginning of the half. And uh, a few others, uh, I believe it was Quaison who hit the crossbar on a really nice knuckle chance. But other than that, you know, it was all stuff that Neuer could collect and nearly not as many not nearly as many, excuse me, chances as they had in the first half uh, because the covers are just so much better from, from Bayern and uh, with Zula coming into that back line and Kimmich shifting to right back and Goretzka coming into the midfield, everything just looked a lot different. Yeah, I thought even the attackers looked far more inspired. The link-up and the interchangeability between Sané, Gnabry on those flanks, uh, Thomas Muller using the space and getting involved, Lewandowski getting a bit more uh, possession, a bit more time on the ball and you know, more open spaces to attack because Mainz had to start to force the issue once it was 2-2. Um, I take nothing away from the finishing. Kimmich with that header. I'm not sure if in that situation Lewandowski's trying to head for goal himself or if he saw Kimmich uh, at the far post. But nonetheless, it was a finally taken header from the near post uh, from Kimmich. And then Leroy slash Arian Robin in the 55th minute with his vintage cut in from the right to the left foot beautiful finish to make it 2-2 and of all people Nicolas Sula getting the third goal after an own goal I believe it was from Barrero had been ruled out uh, where Alfonso Davies his left leg was just marginally offside in the build-up 
Uh, but at that point, once it was 2-2 and that goal was overturned, you, you still knew that Bayern were going to score again. And honestly, I knew in, in my, my heart of hearts that Bayern were definitely going to score more than one goal. And of course they did, 5-2. And after Sula's half volley, which took a, a fortuitous deflection off of a loose ball from a Bayern Munich corner kick. Lewandowski uh, converts the penalty after Gnabry was taken down. One of those stinger situations, he wound up hitting Barrero's uh, studs when he was in full swing to pull the trigger uh, as a player, you know, receiving those. And I know all of you out there listening that have played before, those absolutely sting. And hopefully he was, he's okay. He had to get replaced a little bit after that, but probably just a, a little bit more of a bruise and perhaps resulting in a contusion than anything else. And then uh, Lewandowski's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful finish in the 83rd minute uh, with, with that volley off of a cross. I believe it was from Buller. Um, now that I'm talking about it, of course, I'm drawing the blank. Um, but nonetheless, those halftime changes from Hansi Flick just completely changed everything. And I know that uh, Jake will will probably be listening to this, the, uh, the Bavarian Podcast Works host. And you know, he uh, just before I started recording, he he shot out a funny tweet from his personal account. He's just like <laughs> a little bit confused with this Bayern team. He's like asking if they should be, we should be more surprised that they just are, are being so poor in these first halves of matches in the Bundesliga, or if we should just, you know, not even pay attention to that and then just, you know, be so uh, thankful for the second half responses that we show because it's clear that whatever Hansi Flick said at halftime, in addition to the changes he made, worked absolute wonders and we came out uh, victorious 5-2 winners but uh, I'm sure we might get into that on a future episode of Bavarian Podcast Works later on this week uh, and then at some point we'll be looking forward to that massive class against Mönchengladbach this coming Friday uh, and then that Friday we will also have an immediate reactions uh, podcast for that match so with that said Thank you for listening to my thoughts on this match. We will see you at some point later this week, at the very least on Friday, to react to Minchin Gladbach's uh, encounter with uh, excuse me, Bayern. Uh, again, Happy New Year. I hope all of you guys enjoyed the holidays, enjoyed some time uh, with family. If you could, given the, the, given the circumstances and the, you know, the climate of the world right now with the coronavirus. And without further ado, until next time, Auf Wiedersehen.